It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and join me next Wednesday as we wrap up the Reds' first homestand of the season. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the post-opening day Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. We are going to break down all things opening day, take a look at some of the positives, some of the negatives, and glean what the rest of the season is going to look like. In fact, we might just look at the rest of this series with the Cardinals before we jump into the rest of this season. Also, Going to take some of your reactions from the Lockdown Reds line and from Twitter, which you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds on Twitter. And you can check out the Instagram as well, trying to get that going. You can find that at Lockdown Reds and at Carr Jeff uh, for my personal one as well. All right, so let's talk about this opening day. It was cold. That was the first big takeaway from that. It was absolutely freezing out there, but there was nothing that was going to deter me from being at the game. I got to set in right field, section 142, row C. Shout out to Clyde in Kentucky. Got to meet him in line for fry box. Got my s'mores fry box on. Pretty solid stuff. I'm not going to lie, though. The temperatures played a factor because you got to eat that thing fast in 30-degree weather. Otherwise, it's getting cold. And it doesn't matter what you get. When it gets cold, it doesn't get all that great. But while it was hot, it was fantastic. One other quick note so far as uh, just being a fan in the stands and stuff like that, players were so happy to see us because they were very interactive. Nicholas Castellanos was super interactive in right field. In fact, as he ran out to right field at the beginning of the game, he gave a hat tip to everybody in the moon deck or sun deck. Sun deck, moon deck. I think it's sun deck in the day, moon deck in the night. But whatever. Everybody in the right field stands. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the right fielder for the Cardinals, Justin Williams, was pretty interactive as well. Uh, uh, lots of fans giving him, uh, giving him the business. And uh, he, uh, he kind of gave it back to him, too. I mean, not in a weird way. That sounds weird. It's not like he was flipping them off or anything crazy like that. I just kind of thought it was funny. He, I mean, he played a hell of a game so far as defensively goes. Robbed the hit from Nicholas Castellanos. We'll talk about that here in just a minute when we jump into the positives. But first, so the good news, bad news. Let's focus on the bad news first. Obviously, the bad, the baddest, the worst news uh, is the Reds lost 11-6. Now, if you'd have told me before the game happened that the Reds are going to score six runs and they're going to chase Jack Flaherty before he gets to five innings pitched, I'd say they would have won. I I think that that in itself is a huge positive, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the biggest negative of the day, other than the result of the game, was the way that Luis Castillo pitched. 
Now, I don't think this is indicative, and I said this on the post-game locker room chat that I had with Lucas Smith from Lockdown Cardinals after the game. I, I, I said, I don't think this is anything that we've got to worry about moving forward. It just so happened to be the worst start of his career, and it just so happened to happen on opening day. Unfortunately, that was the case, that he didn't have a strikeout. That's more remarkable to me than the eight earned runs that he allowed because part of that was due to his defense behind him, but that's no excuse for a pitcher whenever his bread and butter is getting the strikeouts and he got exactly zero. Usually, Luis Castillo runs into quite a few strikeouts. I don't think that's something that's going to continue. He's going to have quite a few this season. I still expect him to be in the Cy Young conversation, but that was quite the thing to witness on opening day. The other big negative was uh, the defense of Eugenio Suarez. There's no two ways about it. It wasn't good. The double play ball that Yadier Molina hit in the first inning was a game changer. If he fields that cleanly and throws the second, there is no shot. I'm telling you, zero chance that Jonathan India doesn't double up Yadier Molina at first base. Because he's Yadier Molina. He's not fast. And I get it. He's a professional baseball player, but he's kind of been around for a while. I think he would have been an easy double play there. And because of the way that Gino misplayed that ball, two runs scored on that play. And then with two guys on, the very next batter, Dylan Carlson, absolutely slammed a pitch off of the right field foul pole that really blew the doors off at any. And you're talking about a fundamental play that it just looked like Gino kind of got in his own way, got in his own head. It looked like a mental mistake because it looked as if he was already trying to throw the ball before he had even picked it up. This is something that I think that will go away as he gets more reps and he gets more comfortable but it's definitely something that we got to live with right now and the fact that it all had to happen in the same inning that Castillo was giving up quite a bit of solid contact there were lots and I haven't looked at the baseball savant page just yet for it but there were lots of very solid sounding hits off the bat from Cardinals hitters in that first inning And he said after the game, he was asked what was going on. Was there some, was he off in some way? And he said he just tipped his cap to Cardinals hitters because he felt that he was pitching the pitches that he wanted. It's just they were being hit, every single one of them. So I'm expecting a stronger second start for him next week. But yeah, a little bit rough. And the defense behind him, not doing him any favors. And one more negative, but the good news is the overarching impact of this negative was definitely decreased with the news following the game, and that was the sudden removal of Nick Senzel. He made a diving catch, a very beautiful diving catch to rob a hit from Nolan Arenado, definitely rob extra bases, but uh, turned it all into an out with a beautiful laying out diving catch. But as he came up, you could definitely tell that he was hurt. And as he got into the dugout, he was removed in the following bottom half of the inning and was pinch hit for by Tyler Naquin. So with that being said, there was lots of worry that, oh my gosh, another injury for 
our poor Nick Senzel. The good news was after the game, David Bell said that it is minor and he expects him to be back in the lineup this weekend. So a slight negative, but it looked like it might have been a lot more of a negative. We're going to jump into a couple of positives uh, and, and just absolutely just gush some praises on two Reds for their performance in this opening day game. And I've got some of the Jeff's junk mail that we're going to get to later on in today's episode. But before we jump into all of that, I wanted to let you know that I I gave you a couple of lines yesterday. We were one and two, not so great. Kind of doubled down on the Reds and uh, didn't quite work out so well. But I gave you the Royals and you made some money if you took that bet. And what I'm talking about is you can make a couple of bucks off of your sports knowledge at betonline.ag. They've got all the best lines when it comes to baseball, whether you're looking at prop bets, future bets, game line bets, they've got it all. Plus, with the tournament wrapping up, you can check out the lines on that as well. Head on over to betonline.ag and set up your profile today with the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit just for typing in that promo code. So if you're ready to get off the bench, get off the sidelines and get in the game and make a couple of bucks off of your sports knowledge, head on over to betonline.ag today and enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. And when you're done listening to this opening day recap of the Locked On Reds podcast, head on over to the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski takes a look at all of the big news in sports, guessing he might touch on the Dodgers not winning on opening day. (gasps) Oh my gosh. But you can check that out on the Locked On Today podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we covered the negatives. In the first segment, let's talk about the positives because there were plenty of those as well. And I did not see, I was very happy about this. Now, I was not scouring Twitter during the game, but when I got on Twitter to see what people are saying, sure, everyone was kind of mad with how the first inning went. But as they saw the fight that the Reds had for the entirety of the game, there were a lot less of the doom and gloom and people like, oh boy, this team's going to be 0 and 162 or, you know, something like that. First of all, let's get this out of the way. They're not going to be 0 and 162 and they were never going to be 162 and 0. So now they're just ready to be 161 and 1. I'm kidding, of course, but I still think they've got a lot of positives and they showed it in this game. The lineup was clicking on all cylinders. I loved what I saw from Jesse Winker at a leadoff spot. Dude just commands the batter's box and hit and pitchers have to absolutely respect him and following him in the number two hole was a man possessed a man on fire. I wasn't listening to the broadcast, but I got to believe that at some point, John Sadak wanted to be like, he's on fire because this dude was a triple shy of the cycle and had Justin Williams web gym of a catch up against the wall in right field, not happen as I mean, I mean, he sold out for this catch. If for some reason he didn't get to it, that's an easy triple, and we're talking about Castellanos, the cycle man. But instead, we just have Castellanos, the three-hit man. 
single, double, and a two-run home run. What a way to get 2021 going. I mentioned he was he was really interactive with us in right field and stuff. He was feeling it, man. I think this is a dude who, and he said it in offseason interviews, and I think just about every player has said it for every team, but I definitely think this is a dude who loves the stage, and he's happy to have that stage back. I don't, I, I, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I don't look at that as a negative. I look at that as a dude. He's, he's going to feed off of Reds fans energy at the stadium. And he is happy to see it back. He had an amazing game, but oh my gosh, the overriding huge positive. What I loved everything about this dude's game on opening day, Jonathan India, holy cow. What a debut. Multi-hit debut, starts it off with the double, also adds a single later on, and that guy was fielding second base as though he has done it all his life, and he's a grizzled vet at the second base position. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, and, and probably my favorite play that he made wasn't even an out. There was a hit by Nolan Arenado, a just scorched ground ball up the middle. Nobody was getting to this and making a play on it. Jonathan India was able to lay out, dive, stop. As there was a runner on second base at the beginning of that hit, he's able to dive and stop that ball and save a run. Now, don't get me wrong. A couple batters later, the run still scored. But that was a veteran play. I feel like there's a lot of rookies out there that they make that diving stab and they get the ball in their glove and immediately they jump up and they try to throw it to first to try and get Arenado out or they try and throw it to third to try and catch the lead runner napping and they cause an error. Or they make a big mistake that leads to that run scoring. Maybe Arenado on second, maybe on third. Who knows? I, I, I think it was a veteran move, and I was very impressed with Jonathan India. As much as I was disappointed and as much as I was kind of saying, you know, kind of tilt my head sideways and going, you know, Gino is going to be okay, I, I, I think, defensively at shortstop as he gets more reps. I was jumping up and down with excitement for what I saw from the second base position from Jonathan India. So excited. Something else that excited me was the way that the bullpen was able to pick up for Luis Castillo. And the cast of characters that rolled out of the bullpen on opening day are not the cast of characters that I think are going to be the backbone of this bullpen. And that is what made me so excited. Because first out was Cam Bedrosian, and he did give up a home run to Tyler O'Neill, but he also got the first strikeout of the game as well. Then, after Bedrosian, you had scoreless baseball. Two innings from Sal Romano. If he hadn't have given up one walk, he'd have been perfect. Two innings, two strikeouts. Two perfect innings from Carson Fulmer at two strikeouts as well. And then Sean Doolittle came in. He did give up a double. But he was done with that. And in fact, he was the only pitcher of record that got Paul Goldschmidt out. Paul Goldschmidt, speaking of Nicholas Castellanos playing like a man on fire, Paul Goldschmidt was all over the place. Just crushing every single pitch that he saw at the plate. I thought for sure he was going to end the day with a perfect like 5 for 5 or something crazy like that. And thankfully, Sean Doolittle comes in and gets him out. He had two strikeouts 
to uh, pitch the top of the ninth inning as well. So that was encouraging to see, especially after mixed performances from spring training. But if you're going to tell me that on a day that they only get three and a third innings out of their ace, Luis Castillo, the bullpen's going to come in and pitch six and two-thirds innings and give up one run, the Reds are going to be in every single one of those games especially if the lineup produces like it did on opening day. I was very impressed with those things. And and for those reasons, I believe this team is going to be just fine. And you're saying, Jeff, you're always, you're always positive, man. You're always enthused. But I firmly believe that, uh, sure, that was a loss. And there's going to be some games like that because you're going to have some starts from Tyler Malley or Jeff Hoffman or De Leon or even when he comes back healthy, Sonny Gray or Wade Miley that are just blow-ups like that. And you're hoping that the lineup can keep up. But a lot of the time, you're going to have some quality starts and maybe even a little bit better than quality starts because Tyler Malley was better than a quality start all last season. So I'm thinking that the team is going to be just fine this year. Thinking the Reds are going to be right into the thick of things. All right, we're going to jump into some Jeff's junk mail, get some reaction from you from the opening day game in just a moment. But first, let's take a snack break. Crack open a Built Bar, will you? I'm telling, this stuff is amazing. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar because it's made with 100% real chocolate. But the statistics are undeniable. Low sugar, low fat, high in protein, and with the all-time, all-star flavors that you can check out today, you're going to be singing its praises as well. They've got brand new flavors like white chocolate, raspberry, cheesecake, birthday cake with sprinkles. You can check out the Puff Built bars like churro puff, which seriously, it, it tastes like a three musketeer. I don't even know how else to describe it. Check them out today. Builtbar.com. They've got some stalwart flavors as well, like coconut brownie chunk. They've got mint brownie, all kinds of great peanut flavors, all kinds of great fruit flavors. Check them out today. Builtbar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. That way you can increase your snack game for 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. As we get ramped up for the minor league season that's starting a little bit later than normal this year, Locked On has you covered with Locked On MLB Prospects. Aram Layton is going to take a look at every single farm system all season long and keeping you updated on all the top prospects that are moving through each organization. Check it out today, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what an opening day it was. I, I, I'm telling you what, even though it was 30 degrees and by the end of the game, my toes were begging me to go to the car and turn the heater on full blast. I had a blast. And, and at the beginning of the game, whenever they did the awesome national anthem and you had the flyover from the, I just, all of the emotions, all of them, all at once. It was so amazing. I, I love opening day. And we've got some reactions from you on the Locked On Reds line, whether it's 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. We're going to get to them right here today. I want to start off first with our buddy Risto down in Jacksonville. He's got a great take. I love this. Risto says this. 
I think the official scorekeeper got it wrong in opening day's game. The two errors charged to Gino at shortstop should actually be charged to Mr. Castellini. I'm just going to let that one stand on its own because that's brilliant. Risto, I love you, man. Next up is our buddy Scott at MTG Packfoils on Twitter. He said, okay, the real take, and you can use this for some hashtag Jeff's junk mail. Number one, you can't give any opponent extra outs, especially the Cardinals. And that is the case. I mean, that, that right there was the biggest play of the game in the first inning whenever Gino botched that double play ball, that surefire double play ball. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you give them extra outs, it's always going to come back to haunt you. And then he said, number two, if the Reds score five to seven runs a game, they will win more than they will lose in 2021. Book it. It's just one game, folks. Hashtag, let's go Reds. Love it, Scott. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, if, if we're talking about an offense that improves this much, especially with the teams that they've got coming up. And one of the reasons that I think that they are about to just really start strong this season is because I mean, with Pittsburgh and Arizona, they play Arizona twice this month. Arizona's not supposed to be that great. San Francisco, after uh, they play Arizona, is on the up and up, and it is part of a little miniature West Coast road trip early on this season. But San Francisco isn't s- super strong. Right now, I, I really think the Reds could get up on them as well. And with the Pirates, man, you, you just you're just gonna score runs. And if you're gonna put six on teams like Pittsburgh, Arizona, San Francisco, you've got a real good shot to win with this pitching staff. Because I think that guys like Jeff Hoffman and Jose De Leon are gonna bridge the gap to whenever Sonny Gray is healthy, and then we can kind of figure out which one of those guys to keep into the rotation. And I think that they are looking at Michael Lorenzen in the starting rotation. I think that's where they're at with him coming back healthy. So he might be slotted in there as well. I think that this pitching staff's going to be awesome if they are given five to six to seven runs a game. I think most pitching staffs are. I mean, so that's kind of, that's not like the most bold take that there ever was. But this offense averaged four runs a game last year. They're going to be a lot better this season. And I think opening day showed that to us. Also, a quick note to shout out to Evan Maurer at Evan underscore Maurer KY. He shared this with me. So last year before opening day, he predicted that Joey Votto would be the first red to hit a home run, and he was. Today for opening day, he predicted that Nicholas Castellanos would be the first red to hit a home run. He was. Good job, dude. Do you know the lotto numbers? Speaking of Joey Votto, that made me think that's, that's one take that I, I, I took away from opening day, and that was, he's definitely still a work in progress. Uh, He made contact. I noticed that he was expanding the strike zone. It's not like he was sitting on his pitch waiting for that one pitch to swing at. But at the same token, the contact that he was making wasn't solid. He had a couple of weak flyouts, weak popouts that you just were like, boy, that was a wasted at bat for Joey. And if he's going to be hitting out of the three hole, 
which I really, I, I stand by my assertion that he should be about fifth or sixth, then he's, he's really got to shore that up pretty quickly. Because the slow start, the traditional slow Joey Votto start, isn't going to cut it for him hitting out of the three-hole when you've got a Eugenio Suarez raking in the fourth spot, and you've got Nicholas Castellanos raking in the second spot, and you've got a dude who's going to be getting a lot of weak content in the third spot. So hopefully he shores that up pretty soon. It's just one game. So there's plenty of time for him to get it going, but I'm kind of hoping he does it here in the next couple of days. And speaking of that, I, I mentioned earlier on in the pot at the beginning of the podcast, actually, that next Wednesday, the Reds and Pirates square off at 1235 p.m. Later on that day, we're going to have a locker room on the locker room app. You download it on your phone and stuff like that. It's kind of like, you know, a conference call, but for talking baseball. Basically the best kind of conference call anybody can think of. So check it out, the Locker Room app. Wednesday night, we're going to just recap the homestand. Talk about how the Reds looked and how we feel about the Reds heading into the rest of the season. But so far as today's episode, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the Locked On Reds podcast as we take a look back on opening day. We've got more baseball ahead. Exactly 161 regular season games. Oh, I'm so excited. Starting tomorrow at 410, or depending on when you're listening to this, Saturday at 410 as Tyler Malley toes the rubber against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals looking forward to seeing exactly what Tyler Malley has up his sleeve because I am thinking that he's going to just continue to take steps forward this season. And I'm very excited to watch his first outing of the year. That's going to be on Saturday. Sunday, Jeff Hoffman will be on the mound for the Reds. Not really sure what we're going to get out of him. I I think there are a wide range of outcomes for Mr. Hoffman, who also happens to share my first name. So we'll see exactly what he does up against the Cardinals and Carlos Martinez. We'll talk about it all on Monday. You're not going to miss it. The best way to not miss it is to make sure that you're following the Locked On Reds podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. That'll do it for us here today, though. I will talk to every single one of you on Monday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.